Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, October 13th show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And of course, Chris rocking the phone, just so everybody knows, it is a weekday show, and that means that Chris... Uh, cannot be on video, but that's okay. We got his smiling mug right there on the screen for all of you to be able to see. Uh, Chris, how's everything going? I'm sure that you were happy. Your uh, your Red Sox got a big win over the Rays last night. Yeah, yeah, thrilled about that. Uh, had to sweat another one out, up five nothing for most of the game, and then all of a sudden they come back, tie it up, and another walk off in the night. Yeah, yeah, another uh, another walk off. They uh, they keep doing their thing. It's it's impressive, really, but uh, but yeah, at baseball still going. You know, we we have been focusing a lot on football, but uh, I know you were knee deep in that thing. So, <laughs> oh no, I, I haven't I haven't missed the playoff inning. I, I've watched almost every game this year, and and they've made me thrilled. They've made me sick to my stomach, but we're we're still rolling. They were picked to finish under five hundred this year, and they're going to the ALCS. It, it seems like that's a team that every time they get picked to do well, they don't. And every time they are not picked to do well, they find a way to make magic happen come October. So Now, now obviously, they've won championships. This other team hasn't. But doesn't that sound a lot like Oklahoma State? Uh, yes, very much so. <laughs> very much every so. Every time we think the Cowboys will win nine games, be damned if they, they barely get to a bowl. And, and, and when we think they're going to finish under five hundred. That's the year they win nine, maybe ten. Now you got that right, yeah. And and yet another one this season. I mean, they they just yeah. rolling right along, undefeated. Nobody's paying them yeah. any attention. That's the way it goes. No. So and they finally got their uh, their guys back healthy and whatnot. So uh, before we dive into today's topics, let's go ahead and give them the rundown. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Go ahead and check it out. The contest is up there right now. We did have a winner last week, and I have already forgotten his name, uh, John was his name, uh, I believe. So John won the contest last week. Uh, he won an Amazon gift card, so you can go enter this week, win the same thing, go ahead and knock that thing out. Uh, make sure and take care of it. It's at winningcureseverything.com. Go to the contest page. You can also see all of our picks on a nice little tidy spreadsheet. See what we have done for the entire season. Uh, we don't have Chris's SBR picks. We don't have my BetUS picks before the games, but 
uh, the games that we pick on the show, we got right there tabulated in order, what the records are, all that good stuff. We uh, we don't hide from that kind of shit around here. We, uh, we are transparent as possible so that you can keep track of what we are doing in case you want to follow along. So, uh, along with that, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You can sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021. You get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. I mean, that is just ridiculous. And it is sportsbook exclusive. I can't stress it enough. Make sure and go sign up. There is a link in the description for the podcast and the YouTube video. So go ahead and check that thing out. Make sure you take advantage of that situation while it is still around. Uh, oh, and of course, Chris hosts the SBR College Football Show. I host the BetUS College Football Show. We got links in the description to both of those. Topic number one, the Las Vegas Raiders are looking for a new head coach. John Gruden uh, is out as the head coach. He resigned on Monday Night Football. And of course, this show is, is coming out on Wednesday morning. But it is still a relevant topic, one, because who in the world is going to take over? Uh, we, we've already figured out who the interim is. I'm talking about going forward as far as uh, the future goes. But second, this is just a, a troubling idea in and of itself, right? Chris, let me go ahead and get your thoughts on this, and then uh, you know I'll jump in with, uh, with a few more things here. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just it's a little bit wild and, uh, and super unexpected to uh, – to, to kind of hear the news, it, it, you know, I'm not one of these people that's like, you know, wrapped up in, 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 in delicate clothing. And, you know, I, I know people talk like this. I know people who talk like this, like this is, you know, this is something that I'm around. I, I, I don't say that proudly, but it's just, it, it's the world in which we live in. And so none of this surprises me or, you know, offends me by any stretch. It's not nice to hear and it's not appropriate things to say. And, you damn sure shouldn't be shouldn't putting this stuff in company emails. I just find, I find the part that, that people, so this is what bothers me. So normally, normally I, I would have a, a different kind of feeling about this, but let me, let me tell you what I don't like. Well, I'm okay. Why he got taken down for this. And this is going to sound, see, this is probably going to get me in trouble by saying it, but I'm the guy that wishes nobody would send anything in company emails that's not company pertinent information. Okay? No, no, now, there's nothing. Up my email yeah, I agree with you. I agree. With you bitching and complaining and all this other stuff, okay? Let's use work email for work email things. Now, that doesn't give the guy a pass. It doesn't mean it would have been okay if he sent it from another email or a text or whatever else. But I'm just saying these guys are morons and they're the bane of my existence. Because these are the type of people that are clogging up my damn inbox with 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 thirty five emails that none of them are work related, but I have to spend time and energy sifting through them. It is uh, so. So let's give everybody kind of the backstory on on how this even began. This is from the Washington Football Team uh, data audit. I guess they're they're going through. All of uh, Daniel Snyder's stuff, it's like 650,000 emails that were unearthed in the investigation. And it was stuff that, that Gruden sent to former Washington executive Bruce Allen. And there are, I mean, 650,000 emails. It, it was not just Gruden. There is a ton of stuff in there, I'm sure, between him and Snyder, uh, between whoever else. And these are private emails. Now, the question is, not, not even that big of a deal, Right, but 
did Gruden send this from a, you know, his own private email account, and it went to Bruce Allen's, you know, Washington email account? If that is the case, that's idiotic because he put it out there. Now, on the other hand, this is all stuff from before Gruden got back into coaching. This is all from when he was actually working at ESPN. So I, I can understand having a relationship with Bruce Allen at that point to where you could feel comfortable saying whatever you want to, but this was uh, this was this was crazy, right? Because we did hear stuff last week about some of those emails that came out talking about Demoris Smith, and after that, there's an article up at Pro Football Talk that says one, it's time for the NFL to release all of the information from the Washington Football Team investigation because. Why on earth is it fair that they are going to single out one guy that they don't like? Which I didn't even know that they didn't like John Gruden. But yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody doesn't like John Gruden in that sense. I just think. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that don't like John Gruden today. But yeah. um, you know, I, they singled him out because I think that's where the information came that was newsworthy. Right? Oh, agree. Like, agree. I'm a hundred percent positive if Bruce Allen had information from anybody else in emails that that would have been newsworthy, we would have found out about it. Well, I think, so here's here's part of the issue. I think that the the first emails that came out had to do with him talking so poorly about Demora Smith, right? All, all the, the racist stuff that, that he was saying in these emails. Uh, after that, uh, there's another story from Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio put this out on Monday night. said, League likely would have kept leaking emails until John Gruden was out. So basically, they wanted to get Gruden out of there so that they didn't have an issue with the NFLPA. Uh, that's that's kind of yeah. how I feel about it. And and it just continued on and on. They said it was uh, homophobic, transphobic, sexist, and racist emails. And it was basically that the leaks were going to continue until he resigned or he was fired. And he finally just said, okay, I'm out. Because they, they couldn't suspend him. None of them were sent when he fell under the NFL's jurisdiction. Uh, even if he did, like, there's no specific provision for the personal conduct policy that, like, this, it, it's a private uh, communication. It's a private conversation that should have never been under their jurisdiction to begin with. But these emails would have kept coming. So now I'm curious, yeah. all right, who is the next guy? Because I don't know if the NFL leaked the first emails, but I, I have a strong suspicion that they leaked the, the latest ones that came out, right? And it's, it's terrifying to think about emails that you sent 10 years ago could cost you your job somewhere completely different today. And I don't well, like that. But hang on now. But some, of, but some of this is context, okay? Yeah. All right? Like, I'm... And once again, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble trying to explain this or, or, or say some of this stuff, and, and, and I might be speaking way out of turn here. But, like, the misogynist stuff and him sending, like, new text messages back or emails back and forth between with him and Dan Snyder with topless, you know, cheerleaders and stuff like that. Like, that's all fine. That won't lose you the locker room, okay? Because okay. everybody in that locker room has done stuff like that, right? That ain't losing you the locker room. So it's the racial stuff. That, that's why if you're Mark, Mark uh, Martin Davis, you got to get him out, and you got to find a way to get him out without having paid the the, the sixty million dollars that you owe him left. Okay, because um, you you can't. It didn't matter if that happened ten years ago or not. You can't walk into that locker room with with you know a seventy percent you know black 
uh, uh, workforce and expect to leave them ever again. You agreed, just you agreed. just can't. Right. And I know what happened in a private conversation that nobody else should have gotten. But now all those players know what you said, and now agreed. they think they know what you think about them. And now you you have to be gone. Now we have to do this to get rid of. You. And and honestly, like, see, that's where I'm I'm trying to figure this out. That email that that contained all of that came out last week, right? Like early last week, and then it just became too much, and Gruden finally resigned. Now I would imagine that Davis is probably he's probably got him a golden parachute for Gruden to get out of town, right? He he did not just walk away from all that money without a fight, without getting something in return. So Davis is probably oh, agreed to something. I I I don't I don't know that he did or not. Well, I mean, but Davis that, Davis didn't me. like. He didn't fire. He he didn't fire. He, didn't and, fire. And he wasn't resigned, or he didn't resign after the first emails came out. So yeah. it was just this uh, overlapping, like just a ton of stuff that piled on. Well, I mean, he after. didn't resign after the first email because the first email didn't come out until late last week, like real late last week, and they had a football game to play, and 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 you just got to see kind of how this stuff shakes out, and then you know the weekend goes through and that's when you feel how it all shakes out. And then Monday you realize, okay, there's no getting out of this. I need to just leave. All right, so this so, is going to ruin my life. If I try and stop it. And if I try just to stay for months. Yeah. So basically like I've already made $30 million off of this contract. Well, I just, if he counts this year. I, I doubt he gets the entire uh, 10 million for this year, but I, I would imagine he gets something. So, so let's just say 35. Let's say he makes 35 million from this contract that, that was supposed to pay him 100 million. That's a yeah. pretty good living if you can make it. You know, that's not well, bad. Not, not including the tons of millions of dollars that he got from ESPN, which was obscene because you know that he was the highest paid person at ESPN for a long time. Yep. And on top of that, of course, all the money that he made with uh, the Bucks, all the money that he made with yeah. the Raiders beforehand. Like he's he is well off. He ain't got no problems. He is going to go retire and sit on the beach. Uh, I had somebody, actually a listener from our show, hit me up last night and say, uh, or no, I guess on Monday night, and said, hey, um, do you think he ends up coaching again, or is this it? That's a, there is no, no, no way that he gets brought back into the NFL. Like, possibly no, into no. college? But I don't, I, don't no. think, I don't think he can go into any locker room. Um, well, because why that, do you recruit? Yeah. How, how do you recruit? How do you walk into mama's, uh, mama's house? Why do you walk into dad's house? And looked him in the eye. You can't do it. And you know, if he had taken the uh, if he had taken the Tennessee job years ago, he wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> well, that's not that's not necessarily true because the emails still came out, and now Tennessee would be dealing with it. Yeah, but would the emails have come out? Had yes, the emails would have come out. Well, I mean, we still got six hundred fifty thousand emails still being investigated. Right, but there's there's six hundred fifty thousand emails. So it's so I guess the next question is, who in the world is going to pop up next? Because you know that there's more. Like, if he was that... No, com- no, 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 hang on. That's, that's not necessarily true. There might be more, but not everybody in the world shares, you know, terminatable fences in email to to their most senior boss. Like, who in the organization do you think was comfortable enough emailing the president stuff like that? Uh, agreed. Agreed. And I don't know that it was anybody at Washington, but I do wonder... Uh, because it seems like he was comfortable enough talking about this with Gruden that there would be some other people that may have said some things that uh, that were not, you know, n- not not very kind. We'll just say that. So that's that's my question. What's next? Because it felt kind of like they singled Gruden out, uh, considering none of the other emails have leaked. 
and and there's 650,000 of them. So yeah, but I'm gonna bet. But hang on, think about how many emails you get a day, right? And and how many of them have juicy information that actually matters? Because I'm gonna bet 99.9 percent of Bruce Allen, a shitty individual, okay, 99.9 percent of his emails are all boring and stupid, and they're just work related bullshit. That's all they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the same time, so we the are fact talking that about Gruden like might be the only one. That that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Well, but remember, these are emails from, you know, some ten years ago, before anybody even really started doing uh, a bunch of text messaging and all that, where they felt like they could email and it not get out, right? No, so no, 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 uh, than I feel like they are now. There's a lot more ways to communicate these days than there was, you know, back ten years ago. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bet there aren't not that there's nobody, but I would take the under if you set any number of names, but not a ridiculously low number because you know I want to take the under on other names dropping. That they didn't single group now. I think they found the when you when you hear somebody when you read an email of a of a white guy that's prominent in your league, in your sport, using, you know, racial jokes the way he was, that's going to bring a red flag. Anybody else who's making those kind of off-color jokes in the emails, they're going to get flagged too. They didn't single anybody out. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm not saying that it was all, like, a a bunch of people sending him racial stuff. I'm saying there is more stuff in there. I feel like there's got to be something from Dan Snyder in there uh, there, I feel like there's more that's going to come from this. So, and and just to specify, I 100% agree that yes, he should have been let go. It is a terrifying proposition that stuff from 10 years ago that you may not even remember uh, can cost you your job today. But it absolutely should and will. You know, it, it's it's terrifying, it's scary, but this is the uh, this is the modern world that we are living in where everything has a record, my friend. Everything. So. Uh, That's so, right. So with that said, everybody, you know, be be careful what you're sending if you're sending something stupid. So let's <laughs> just say that. Uh, Please don't say hateful ass shit. I yeah. mean, I say it all the time on this show, but I stand by most of the things that I say. I stand by all the things that I say. Well, yeah, you but know? you also don't say anything like that. I mean, it, we, no, we no, we never I criticize that. somebody for their race or their appearance. I criticize them for the jobs that they do. Yeah, yeah, you are 100 percent correct. Uh, next topic on the board: Ross Dellinger. Conference USA reaches out to AAC to consider reorganizing the leagues into two new conferences split on geographic lines. Have you seen this story? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, the Conference USA Commissioner Judy McLeod is uh, leading a proposal that's that's kind of deemed a long shot here. Uh, Saturday Blitz suggested last week a, a reorganization, if you will, of the three G5 conferences that are located in, you know, the the southeastern, like from Texas up to the northeast, right? The MAC is already basically regional. The Mountain West is basically already regional. You don't need to worry about those. It's the AAC, or at least the remaining teams in the AAC, the Sun Belt, and Conference USA. Um, From there, I mean, you, you get into this story, and basically three years ago would have been the time to do this. But now, the reason it is deemed a long shot is because of 
basically there are two classes of G5s, right? It, you've got the AAC who was making like $7 million per school. And then you've got like Conference USA who's making $500,000 a school. And there is a line between those two, right? It's it's almost as big as the line between, uh, say, the SEC and a Pac-12 school. Now, everybody kind of looks at them the same, but they also understand eh, the Pac-12, they don't care as much about football as the SEC. Their fans don't care as much, and the programs don't care as much, and blah, 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 blah. It, it kind of, I don't know that this would work, but I do like the idea of it. Uh, what What was your thought on it? Um, nice. I, I think it's a nice try. I don't think it's going to work. And, you know, if I'm the American, I probably wouldn't do it. I think it would depend on, on what the, what the media deals would be. Like I would, I would at least talk to ESPN and, and whoever else, CBS sports network about this and see what this would bring. Right. I, I do wonder if, I mean, hell you and I have brought up multiple times, just reorganizing everything into one giant like G5 conference, and setting up pods so that you play your regional rivals, right? Uh, the way that this one is set up right now, let me read off what these uh, conferences would be. The Western Conference would include uh, SMU, North Texas, Rice, UTEP, Southern Miss, Tulane, Tulsa, Louisiana Tech, uh, Wichita State in basketball, UAB, Memphis, and UTSA. Now, the Eastern Conference would feature East Carolina, Charlotte, Old Dominion, Temple, Marshall, FAU, FIU, South Florida, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, and then two potential new additions, which Matt Brown has come out and said that uh, UMass, like Massachusetts, is is kind of pushing uh, to be included in something along these lines. But uh, outside of that, maybe Liberty would be included. Uh, you, you'd be looking at an independent, basically, to bring in somebody. Uh, the reason they're not including the Sun Belt in this is there is zero interest from Sun Belt leaders in doing anything like this. Now, Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the AAC, has come out and basically said, it, nah, this ain't happening. Like, he's he's not interested in this, but he has not, he has not officially said this to Conference USA. I, it, Judy McLeod said, as the conferences continue to realign, I think all of those issues are being considered as schools are trying to figure out where do they want to be and conferences try to figure out which schools they want to have as members. But revenue is driving these decisions, and geography is not. So more money is being made, but more money is being spent in these solutions. Uh, she briefly described her reorganization proposals with other commissioners, but doesn't know if people are willing to get in. Uh, she said, I don't really understand the fear and paranoia about getting some groups together and talking. With all the uncertainty right now in college athletics, there's a chance for us to build something stable. And I think it is. I think it is something stable. Conference USA actually employs uh, the former Big Ten commissioner, Jim Delaney, who, <laughs> after he retired from the Big Ten, has got his hands in everything. He's a consultant with the Rose Bowl. He's a consultant with Conference USA. I mean, it's just a, a mess. But I, I do think that it's a good idea. I just don't think it's going to happen because of egos. And that is so frustrating to continue to see this sport uh, being driven by people whose egos are are just too big for their britches. Hey, you kind of feel the same way. No, I don't think it's about ego at all. Like you're you're asking the American to give up. The American has bigger teams to lose than than the, than Conference USA. And so if you're asking them to drop off some of marquee teams in marquee big cities, 
and they don't want to do that. And I understand not wanting to do that. No, I, I understand that as well. That's why I said you go and have a conversation with ESPN about this. You go and figure out, hey, what is the best solution so that we don't have to spend as much money and yet we still get uh, a bigger piece of the pie, right? Because they are about their their income is about to drop down to half of what they're bringing in per school. Because without Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, but that's that's if that as they are 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 sitting now. I think if you're the American, you assume that at some point in time you're gonna find three other schools to join you, if not more, or you're gonna fall apart. One yeah. of those two things is going to happen. Either more schools are going to get picked off, or you're going to find a way to bring three more in. And, we, and we've talked about thing. schools that, that they should look at, right? Uh, if if you are the AAC, you go like, talk I to would Marshall. Not lose, I would not want to lose Navy. I think Navy's important. If you can add Army, then you've done an unbelievable thing. That one game alone a year would, would, make, would make the conference nuts. Uh, yeah, no, you're you're not wrong about that. Uh, the question, or the, not the question, the problem there is that Army has kind of made it clear that they prefer their independence status, like their independent status. So, I that's fine. But even then, like I still, you're asking them to to give up to give up Navy or to give up like the teams in the South, like Memphis. Like, okay, I I wouldn't want to do either of those. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you're you're trying to figure out a way to make it more, and and I will say this: it does make a lot more sense when you include the Sun Belt. But if the Sun Belt ain't willing to play ball, then why in the world should the AAC? Right? Like the AAC, obviously what, a bigger, better conference. What 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 should happen is if the AAC, the American is still better than the other three. If the American can poach UAB and you know Coastal Carolina and App State. Then you know, or maybe a Louisiana too. Like then those other two, then the Sun Belt is so crippled that they have to merge with you know, Conference USA, and that has to happen. And that's probably better because the American is a better conference, was a better conference, and they've got bigger cities with a lot more money. So while App State might be better than most of the teams in the American, UAB might be better than most of the teams in the American. Like they don't have as much they don't have as much money as Memphis. They don't have as much money as South Florida. Like, they just don't have the resources. So, the best schools from those conferences join the American, coach them, pull them away, keep the money you're making now, and, and, you know, you might lose some, but you won't lose a ton. And then, and then you can, then you can go forward, you know, and those other two conferences can try to merge and do whatever they're wanting to do. Yeah, it's, there's, there's still so many different ways that this thing can go. Uh, it is, it's it's so. But I don't think that's ego driving it. It's it's I have, I only have eight schools left if you're the American, or, or six schools left if you're the American, right? Yeah. But but my six schools are better than your twelve. So why would I merge with you? Why would we put our <laughs> why two would I merge? together? Yeah. If I've only got eight and you've got fourteen, and my eight are still better than your fourteen, why would I split them up? Like why? Why would why, I? Do yeah. That? Why would I do this? This doesn't make sense. So it's not an ego thing. It's a you got to make it make sense for me. So yeah. yes, it makes sense for you because your non-revenue sports can't afford to do this. Well, we aren't having a problem with our non-revenue sports right now. Okay, and we might one day, but I'm assuming at some point in time 
they've got a plan to replace the three schools they, they lost. Yeah. And I, then they've tried. They've tried a couple of swings, and they've missed all of them. But they were trying to go out west, which I didn't hate the idea of. But I also didn't think that was the best thing because you know how I feel. I would go get Coastal. I would go get App. I would go get Louisiana. And I'd go get UAB. I'd make those four phone calls first because those are local. Those are regional. Yeah, I'd, absolutely. If you can pry them away from the Sun Belt, yes. Uh, like, and that's that's the biggest question, right? Who can you convince to come over to the AAC? Everybody has been talking about UAB. That is the next big prize piece uh, because of the market in which they reside. And it, I would imagine they'll be able to pry UAB away from Conference USA. And once that happens, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, once that happens, then I mean, do you do you go to twelve? if you're the AAC, because then you start trying to pull some belt, or do you just go to 10 and you've just got a 10 team league, just like the big 12, you know, what, what do you, what do you shoot for? And you try and figure out where the value is. So, uh, I mean, props to CUSA for like giving it a shot. Um, because I think that there is a lot of it that does make sense. You know, you and I both are on record with, with wanting a lot more of these regional rivalries, uh, in games that actually matter. Right. But like specifically where we are in Memphis, you want, you know, UAB, Southern Miss, Arkansas State, like those kind of games where it's easier to get there and the game would actually mean something as opposed to it just being a, a crazy regular season game, right? You you want it to actually mean something. But, I mean, as far as money goes, yeah, un- until it can make sense financially, uh, you're right. There's there's no reason to do it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what CUSA proposes, what, what they actually send over, but... Yeah, I, I don't foresee it happening. Don't foresee it happening. All right, let's move into our NFL Week 5 recap. Every week, I ask Chris uh, multiple questions, four questions specifically. But, Chris, I've got a couple options here, but what do you think the best game of the weekend was? Uh, the best game of the weekend was, it just me to say, it was clearly my Browns versus the Chargers. Okay, that was one of mine. Uh, I also went ahead and put down the Monday night game. Monday night game was pretty great. Ravens that 31, Colts 25. Yeah, and the, the Chargers-Browns, what, 47-42, I believe, was the final score there. Uh, Chargers scored two late touchdowns. Just just ridiculous. I mean, just ridiculous games. I also put Packers-Bengals uh, as an option. But, I mean, that was that was more just because it was – Absolutely insane. That wasn't the best game. No, it was, that was just, just a, yeah a weird finish. It was it was exciting, if only because <laughs> I mean, just so many missed field goals, so many opportunities uh, for those guys to win the ball game, and and nobody ever took advantage of it. So finally, I mean, the Packers did get the win, twenty five twenty two. But either way, the uh, the most surprising result to you? Uh the the most surprising result. I, I, it's a weird way of saying it. The the Vikings. Lions game is not that the Vikings won was surprising. Okay, what is the most surprising is how they won. Is when Aaron Rodgers goes down or you know, um, yeah, when Aaron Rodgers goes down the field a couple weeks ago in thirty seconds to, to get a game-winning field goal, nobody's surprised. When Kirk Cousins does it, yeah, it shocks the shit out of me. Okay, that that I didn't <laughs> see coming. Yeah, yeah, no, you uh, you are not wrong about that. Uh, Kirk Cousins in that game, 25 out of 34, 275 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he found a way to make it work at the end there, but they they didn't look great against the Lions. So, 
Uh, very, very interesting there. Uh, mine was the Eagles 21 and the Panthers 18. Carolina was up 15-6 to six at the half. And you, neither you nor I has a lot of faith in this uh, Eagles defense or the offense, for that matter. And, I mean, the Eagles end up outscoring them. You know, held the Panthers to uh, three points in the second half. And the Panthers could do nothing. Like, this, this team, for whatever reason, they were playing insanely well to start with. And... The last couple of weeks uh, have have not fared well. I will I will say that. Uh, who lost the weekend? Well, that would have that. That's where I had the Panthers. They can't. Chris, we still got you. Yeah, I'm still here, man. Okay, okay. Yeah. It, it no. cut off right in the middle of what you were saying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I would I would have had the Panthers. I, you can't lose that game. Yeah, no, you you are not wrong about that. Uh, I I put the Raiders by far. Uh, the the Gruden stuff, obviously, but uh, the Bears have looked completely hapless uh, over. I mean, the beginning of this season, and to get beat twenty to nine in that game, it, obviously they were dealing with a lot of stuff there. But yeah, you you it, it was it was time to get Gruden out. It was time, and so because it, it looked like I mean, just in that game alone, it looked like he had lost the team. So, uh, so Panthers and Raiders lost the weekend. I I've got a couple of options for who won the weekend. I want to see if we agree here. Who uh who do you have as winning week five of the NFL? Well, I, I think it's a team where now we're five weeks through and and we know definitively who the best team in football is. And it is it is the Bills. They I, go I into Kansas City and they beat the hell out of them. And then they got this weird weather delay and you think, Oh man, that's exactly what Kansas City needs to rally. And the Bills come out of the weather delay, and they just beat the hell out of them again. It's just like they got beat twice in one night. It, it, they played this game two times at home in Kansas City in one in one game, and it didn't matter. Both both of those little mini games, Kansas City got the ass. No, you are not wrong about that. Thirty-eight to twenty, the Bills get that win, and it wasn't even that close. Uh, it nope. was. I, <laughs> I have heard a lot of pundits today saying that Kansas City. May not even make the playoffs if you if you look at the schedule and the way that they have been playing, it's not inconceivable that they do not make the playoffs considering what else is in their division right now. So uh, I also had the Steelers as an option, twenty seven to nineteen win over the Broncos. They are showing signs of life, and now they've got the Seahawks coming in without Russell Wilson. They, I mean, maybe they got a shot here. Well, I mean, okay, if you can beat bad teams, and okay, I know the Broncos were were four and one but or, or three and one whatever like that didn't matter like look at the teams the broncos have beat nobody really thought the broncos were one of the best teams in the country okay so, and then 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 you get the seahawks coming in so you know with congratulations you get to beat you know geno smith all right like like if if that's what we think is winning then okay but right but here's the thing is that you you got to be able to get those wins when you can i mean this is a team that lost by double digits uh it well, nearly double digits for three straight weeks. Lost by nine to the Raiders, lost by 14 to the Bengals, both of those at home, and then went and kind of got embarrassed by the Packers, even though it was only by 10. At, you know, it, you got to win the games when you can, and, you know, you get a win over the Seahawks this week. That moves you to three and three. It's not as bad as we assumed it likely could be, and and I still have no idea how this team beat the Bills in week one. It makes zero sense going back and watching that game. It's like two completely different teams. Just makes no sense, man. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, let's move into our Week 6 NFL Games of the Week. And, my brother, our records thus far, I went 6-3-1 last week. Uh, you went 4-5-1 so far on the season. I am 27-16 and 16 against the spread, uh, which if I had actually bet every single one of these games, I would be doing really, really well right now. Uh, you are sitting at 21-22-1. So six games uh, behind me. Um, oh, sorry, I am twenty-seven, sixteen, and one. Excuse me. Da, 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 da. So there we go. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and dive into the first one here. And our first one is the Thursday night game. Tom Brady going to Philadelphia. The Bucks at the Eagles. Eagles are a seven-point underdog at home. Total of fifty-one and a half. All of these odds are provided by BetUS. Where the game begins, of course. Check the link in the description for the promo code and make sure that you get signed up there. Uh, but Brady and Philly, of course, everybody remembers the Philly special in the Super Bowl, all that crazy stuff. Uh, Brady is going to be playing through a thumb injury. Uh, the safety, Antoine Winfield, looks like he could be back so long as he passes uh, a concussion protocol. He's been out for a little bit. Uh, this is an interesting game to me. Uh, I don't feel like it should be close. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the, the analytical numbers would have Tampa Bay winning this by double digits, but it is... Short week on the road, so the line is only seven. Uh, you you got a thought on this one? Yeah, I, I think this is one of those where Bucks win. This defense for the Buccaneers is one of the best in the country. They they are pretty good at getting after you, and uh, and I think Jalen and them are going to struggle, struggle, struggle to find the end zone uh, against this defense. And uh, Tom and them, I just I just have faith he's going to find ways to, to put up points hurt or not, he's just going to play through it and he's going to be okay. And um, He's not going to just be okay. He's going to be great, by the way. Tom Brady, number one quarterback in football right now. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and, and I know that Josh Allen's getting a lot of love. Josh Allen's been amazing. Numbers to numbers. Tom Brady, best quarterback in football. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong there. As far as the DVOA goes, uh, I mean, we're talking about Tampa Bay number four, Philly number 16, which is Kind of high for Philly, but they they have definitely shown signs of life. They have they have made vast improvements thus far, and, and their game plans have been pretty good. Uh, Philly's offense is number nineteen in DVOA. Tampa Bay has all of the tools; they have all the pieces, but that secondary has been blast. So bringing Winfield back would be a, a welcome addition. Tampa Bay's defense number seventeen in DVOA, so right middle of the pack. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, Philly's defense number eleven in DVOA. Tampa Bay is number two. Uh, the the best offense right now, at least according to the analytics, is still Kansas City. 
but Kansas City has got the worst defense. I mean, just <laughs> god awful. So, uh, so with that said, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm riding Bucks minus seven. I this feels like it should be double digits, and maybe you know the Thursday the the short week home underdog gets us. I doubt it though. This seems like a game where Brady holds a grudge. And he is going to come out. And and even though there's very few people that are still on that team from that Super Bowl team, uh, he is still going to look at this as a chance to to get a little bit of revenge here, I think. So you kind of feel the same way? Oh, yeah. All right. So with that said, we are moving to Sunday morning, and we have another London game. We have got 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, the Dolphins at the Jaguars. And I got to tell you, we would not be talking about this game if it were not for the fact that it is in a standalone window on Sunday morning. Uh, Jags are a three-and-a-half-point underdog here, total of 47. Miami won this game 31-13 to last year. Uh, this is a 1-4 and four team with the Dolphins, 2-3 and three against the spread against an 0-5 Jaguars team that is 1-4 and four against the spread. And there are so many reports out that Urban Meyer has just lost this team. They do not want to play for this guy. He legit might be a one and done. I I honestly thought he would get at least two years, and I don't know that you can give him the, the whole season here because these guys don't want to play for Urban Meyer, and Miami at least has uh, some sense of stability with their team. I, you know, it's not that they're a good team right now, Especially, I mean, if you look at DVOA, total DVOA, Miami's number 30 in the league as far as efficiency goes, and Jacksonville number 31. I <laughs> I feel like Miami is just the more stable team. I know what I'm going to get out of them, and and that's why I'm going to roll with them. Like, I, I hate the hook here, but I don't, I don't think I care. I think Miami needs a win in a bad way, and they are still a better football team than the Jaguars. So give me the Dolphins minus three and a half here. Yeah, at some point in time, the Jaguars are going to get a win, and nobody's going to expect it or see it, and, and it's going to be in spite of Urban. Um, and and it could be a trip to London, you know, with the team to kind of help, you know, bury some hatchets, you know, throw yourself in front of the team, and just say, guys, what what do I got to do to get it back? Like, what do I got to? Because I know it wasn't the girl dancing on my cross that lost it for me. Okay, like everybody in the world knows that that's not why he lost the team. It's it's something he is doing that's caused him to lose the team and maybe he can build a relationship with some of the leaders on that team over this trip to kind of figure out how to get it back but um i don't know that that happens this week and uh and we'll see i mean we we definitely will you riding dolphins or uh, are you taking jags yeah yeah no no at some point in time the jags are gonna bite us though we can't just keep betting against them because one day they're gonna bite our ass no you you were not wrong about that however uh i mean it, it since we are picking these games, you know, individually, uh, there ain't no way I'm going to take the Jags. There is no chance there. <laughs> so, uh, moving into the Sunday noon slate, and we have got the Packers going to the Bears. The Bears are a four and a half point dog here. Total of 45. Packers nine and one straight up in their last ten against the Bears. They are seven and three against the spread in that span. They have covered four straight. Uh, Justin Fields. Looks good, has improved. He is uh, he's on the injury report. I believe he's day to day with something, uh, and I'm trying to pull it up. But either way, like I, I, he's going to play. Like he's he's going to be fine. It, uh, probable Sunday with a knee injury, nursing a knee injury, but he he's going to be fine. They, I don't think the Bears are good enough, 
even with all the defensive issues that Green Bay is having, uh, to be able to keep up with this Packers team, they take a lot of pride in winning this ball game. This is a big rivalry game, and I Chicago's defense like it might be the best unit on this field. But when you are when you are trying to go against this Packers offense, it's a whole different beast than what they have been going against. I'm I'm going to take Green Bay minus the four and a half here, even on the road. I I just I feel like Aaron Rodgers kind of takes this game personally every time out. Yeah, that that might be, but you know I, I haven't done well betting against the Packers, but I'm I'm going to keep doing it though. Um, I, I think this Bears team is finding themselves. His defense is really good. Aaron Rodgers' offensive line is garbage. Uh, I think Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, I said it a couple of years ago, give it a couple of years from Roquan getting in. He's going to be the best linebacker in football, and I'll be damned if we're not here. He's one of the best linebackers in football, and uh, and, and I think they're going to get after Rodgers. I think they're going to cause some problems. They're going to take the ball away, and, and, and I think they're going to have a hard time putting points up. Yeah, I mean, you, you might not be wrong about that. I, I just I just feel like this is a, a different game. The numbers overall from the season would tell you that this should be a pretty close game, which is why you've got, you know, an, a four-and-a-half-point uh, spread. But I just I, I think Green Bay is significantly better, significantly better. Uh, we'll move off of that one. Let's go ahead and move to another 1 p.m. Eastern time game, Chiefs at the Washington football team and Brother, I mean, the Chiefs just looked dead in the water on Sunday night against the Bills. Uh, however, Washington is not Buffalo. We have seen that. Uh, Buffalo also blew out uh, the Washington football team as well. Washington, a seven-point dog here, total of 55.5. So they are expecting points galore here. Uh, Kansas City 5-0 and against the spread of their last five against Washington. But obviously, brand-new regime. We got all sorts of new pieces here. Uh, the stuff that's in the past doesn't necessarily matter in this matchup. Um, with that said... I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I bet on Kansas City to cover nine going to Philadelphia, and they covered. I don't feel like they can cover seven against Washington. I, I can talk about them coming out pissed off and all that. This is a team that looks completely rudderless right now. They have no direction. They don't know what to do to fix the defensive side of the ball. And Washington, I think, has the pieces to be able to, to score on them. Like, and I, I think, I mean, we are going to get points. At, we don't do totals here, but this is definitely one I would look at it over. I I think that Washington will be able to get a few stops. I don't know that they can win the game, but I, I do think that the pieces that are here, I think Washington can score enough to be able to keep up with these guys. You uh, you feel the same way here? Yeah, you know I do. You know I like the football team. I, they, they haven't played great. They've let me down this year. It's been a very disappointing season. The defense is not what I thought they were. But uh, I think these guys can score, and uh, I think Taylor Heineke is going to be able to put up points. I think they'll be okay. We uh, In this game, by the way, we've got the number 28 DVOA defense and the number 32 DVOA defense. Uh, Washington's offense is number 13 in that metric, Kansas City number one in that metric. And, I mean, Kansas City's defense is just putrid. Uh, Washington, by yeah, the way, all- uh, Washington is number one in special teams DVOA. So their their special teams efficiency has been through the roof, and other than that, I just these these look like two evenly matched teams, uh, defenses that aren't going to be able to stop the other team, and offenses that will be able to score. So I, I expect this to be relatively close. 
I mean, we, we might be looking at something like 37 to 34, you know, somewhere around there. But a lot of points, and and I think Washington can keep it within a touchdown. So uh, we are both rolling with that. We are currently, uh, we agree on three. We only disagree on the Packers and the Bears. So uh, moving on, we got five more games here. We got another 1 p.m.er, and that is the Chargers heading to the Ravens for a noon kick uh, central time. And that, that's got to be rough on the Chargers to come over and do this, especially against the Ravens. Ravens are a three-point favorite at home. 51.5 is the total. Uh, again, brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Promo code is down in the description, so make sure you get signed up with that. Chargers 8-1 and one against the spread in their last nine games, and the Ravens have so many injuries, and they have made a ton of uncharacteristic mistakes this year, and they still find ways to win ball games. The Ravens at home? I I will I will take them all day minus the three against the Chargers. I, I still feel like this Chargers team is smoke and mirrors. And they've been winning against really good teams, but I a noon game, East Coast, I just feel like this is this might be a little too much uh for them to handle here. I'm I'm gonna take the Ravens minus the three. I think that they can shorten this game. I think Lamar can handle uh you know, whatever the Chargers defense throws at him. And I think the Ravens' defense will actually be able to confuse and slow down Justin Herbert a little bit. So I agree on the game. Um, I don't think the Chargers have been doing it with smoke and mirrors. I think Justin Herbert's great. Uh, they they got – I mean, they literally had the stripes to give them the game against the Browns. The Browns beat them beat them handily last week. Um, and and, it, and I, I know I'm, I've got a lot of Chargers friends that, that are giving me crap about it, but um, it, it just it's just the truth. They, they – they got multiple, multiple big time calls that went their way that that caused them to win a game where they barely, barely won. So um, you know, that's that's the way I see that. At some point in time I think all of those things are gonna go away. All of the luck of getting all the calls and stuff are gonna stop. They're gonna run out. And uh and yeah, I think they happen in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, by the way, freakiest guy I've ever seen in my life right now. Yes, that fourth quarter against the Colts was uh, beyond anything that I have ever seen. I just I, I don't know how they did it. Um, I mean, it was 25 to 9. No, it was 25 to 6 at one point, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just just yeah. absurd. He scored, he, scored three, he scored three touchdowns in one quarter um, and, and, and it was like it was like there's nothing nothing the Colts could do to stop him. Yeah, he just when he decided that he was ready to, to score, he was ready to win the game, there was nothing they could do. Nothing nope. that they could do there. So uh it was it it, it kinda I'm I'm worried that I'm getting, you know, carried into a trap here. But I mean it Baltimore's still a good team. They're still insanely well coached. This is the number eight total DVOA team against the number eleven. Uh the Ravens are number eight, Chargers number eleven here. Um, I, you know, Baltimore's defense, like just overall analytics, hadn't looked great. They're number twenty-two, but like we know what this defense can be, and when they needed to shut down the Colts, they did it. And I feel like they would do the same thing in this uh, spot here. So, moving on from there, we have got the Cardinals headed to the Browns, and you, uh, my friend, at your Browns are favored. Over an undefeated team in the NFL, 50 and a half is the total. 
Like at two and a half the line, uh, the Browns are going to need to clean up their their red zone problems. They're number twenty three uh, red zone offense in the country, number twenty six red zone defense. So that's going to be the biggest issue. But I mean, as far as the more talented team, like I I think it's the Browns. I think we started to see the decline of the Cardinals last week against a not very good 49ers team and and now you got to go on the road to Cleveland um give me give me the Browns give me the Browns all day here yeah I'm with you I think the Browns are the better team I think the Browns are going to win this game I think they're going to the Cardinals are at some point in time all this stuff is going to stop going their way uh they they won a couple of games where they were able to make a lot of mistakes and and get by with big plays. I don't think they're going to be that lucky this time. I just don't. I might be wrong, but I just don't. I, I tend to agree with you. I feel it, it, and some of it's not luck. Like some of it, they are actually a pretty good football team, but I do think that the Browns, especially coming off of a loss, they are going to be fired up for this one. I think they hand the Cardinals their first loss. Next game up the Cowboys at the Patriots. This is the four twenty-five PM Eastern time game. And at, this is, you know, when if, if Brady was still with the Patriots, this would be a monstrous number. I think it's still going to be big anyway. Uh, but the Cowboys, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has gotten that defense turned around for the Cowboys. And, you know, they are 5-0 and against the spread thus far this season, sitting at 4-1 and straight up. Patriots are a four-point dog here, total of 50-and-a-half. And I, I, I like to believe in Bill Belichick getting it done at home and whatnot. I don't think this is the spot for it. These numbers look very similar to the Giants going down to Dallas last week. We both said on the show we expect the Cowboys to win by double digits, and they did. I don't know that they win by double digits here, but they don't have to. They just got to cover four. I think that they're going to be able to do that. Uh, Dallas, the number two DVOA team, total DVOA in the in the league. New England, number 20. Uh, Dallas's offense is number four. Their defense is number six. New England's offense is number 24. The New England defense is number nine. Um, Dallas is better at every facet of the game than New England, including special teams, including everything else. So far through the season, I I think I think I'm going to have to roll with the Cowboys until they give me a reason not to. This is a really well coached team right now that appears to be clicking on all cylinders. That's a, that that. It shocks me to say this, but that's where we're at, Gary. I mean, it's just where we're at. This, it's not just what the Cowboys are doing, which is amazing, and they should get all the credit in the world for it. it, it it's also what the Patriots are doing, all right? They're just not very good right now. I think we've reached a point where, A, they don't have – Bill Belichick has let that roster get to a place where they just don't have a lot of talent, Okay. Um, I, I think he's mismanaged and misappropriated the roster pretty well, uh, or I guess pretty badly, to, uh, to to be able to hang with anybody in the NFL right now. I mean, they're just not better talented-wise than anyone. Anyone at all. Mystique and Magic isn't going to win it for you. Yeah. No, it's – I mean, it's bad. And without James White, uh, you got you got major problems, which, you know, they lost him a couple weeks ago. Um, but now you got uh, you got Harris dealing with the rib – Injury, you know, I, I mean, I think it'll be fine, but um, I mean, you you just got all kind of injury, and Bill always does that. He tosses a bunch of guys on the uh, on the injury report, but they got a bunch of them right now, and the Cowboys are clicking. I mean, they are absolutely clicking right now. So 
Uh, are you you going to take the Pats just based on loyalty, or uh, are you riding Cowboys minus four here? No, man. I mean, the Cowboys are – I mean, I love the Patriots, but, it, it, you know, I'm not going to bet against them by any means. But that's like – you got you to gotta take the Cowboys. Okay. All right. I will, uh, I will do it here. Uh, let's see. Sunday Night Football. My brother. Sunday Night Football, we got the Seahawks at the Steelers. And, boy, you want to talk about an awful, awful setup here? Uh, this is – I mean, about as bad as it gets. You got Geno Smith going up against uh, old man Roethlisberger. Uh, Steelers are a five-point favorite. I would expect that to maybe get out to like six or seven. Uh, total of 42 and a half. Not a lot of points expected. Uh, Seattle is five and one straight up their last six on the road. But that was all with Russell Wilson. I, I don't know what to expect from Geno Smith in this spot. Like, the fact that he is still on the roster is kind of surprising. But I, I, I don't see how the Seahawks score here uh the only the only way they'd be able to is if they were able to create turnovers and i don't think that they can do that so i, I i'm gonna go Ooh, careful about that part careful about that part okay and, and let me tell you let me tell you why i think i saw a stat ben roethlisberger threw 11 interceptable passes last week 11 now they obviously didn't get picked off but but in the stat of, of interceptable passes, in one game, he was over double digits. So, yeah. just because the Seahawks don't have a great defense doesn't mean he can't turn the ball over. True. He is still throwing the ball to the other team all of the time. Now, let me tell you what's weird about this game, okay? okay. Like, you, you know how I get on these networks for whoring themselves out for ratings? This is all this is. See, uh, NBC had the chance to flex out of this game. Chose chose not to. Should have, 100%, and this is not a bias at all, this is the truth, should have went to Cleveland. Okay? Because Sunday Night Football does not go to Cleveland very often. I don't know that Sunday Night Football has been to Cleveland in, I don't know, 15 years. Maybe longer. Maybe since, I mean, maybe like longer than that. All right? So, my problem is, instead of going to the best game, they went to a game in which you have one team has a massive fan base and the other team has a pretty big fan base also. And and you've got a guy in Ben Roethlisberger who I've heard somebody report on this say they think they kept the Steelers because they think this will be Ben's last opportunity to play on Sunday night football for his career. And while it sounds like that's nice and well and good for nostalgia and stuff like that. No, 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 no. No. You, when you're in the business of being a television show, we, we, nobody, nobody, even Steeler fans, don't want a show where all you're going to do is spend the entire time saying your goodbyes to Ben. Okay? While Ben was at one time a great player, Ben Roethlisberger has never been the kind of person – he's not Drew Brees. Okay? Not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. You don't you don't spend the week bloviating about the greatness of Ben. Yes, I agree with you. And so now we get to watch Geno Smith on Sunday night. They get to ruin ruin people's Sunday night television watching because they want to a pour themselves out to Steeler fans and b pour themselves out to Steeler fans. They want the big number rating and. They want the Ben goodbye story that nobody gives a shit about. True, true. All right, now tell me about the game. What? What? I mean, is there any 
Is there any possible way for us to look at this uh, and, and expect a Seattle win with Geno Smith? Wouldn't surprise me just because this year in football, nothing would surprise me. Um, I, what's the number you got right now? Uh, five currently. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably have to take the five, lay the five. I mean, lay the five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way that I'm rolling just because I do not trust Geno Smith. And that offense for the Seahawks is just Russ. Like it's just it, you. You just let Russ cook, and I don't. I don't know that there's anybody in the league that could come in and replace what he does specifically with that offense. Now, I mean, obviously, you bring in Aaron Rodgers and uh, Justin Herbert. You know, guys like that. You bring in those kind of guys. Yes, absolutely. But I don't know that there's any backup that could replicate what Russell Wilson does or what he means uh, to this offense. And without that. Uh, you got a guy that's that's making his first start in years going up against the Steelers defense, which is not like the, the Steelers defense isn't fantastic, but they can get after you a little bit and they can make you uncomfortable. And when you're a rookie on the road, or not a rookie, but uh, you know a, a non-starter on the road, uh, that could be a little bit of an issue. So you're you're riding Steelers minus five as well, huh? Yeah, I think that I think you have to. All right, uh, last one up here. We've got our Monday night game. Uh, this is our last one before we do our Super Contest picks. Monday night football, Bills at the Titans, and the Bills have been smoking everybody. Total of 54 here, and brother, this line is only five and a half. Uh, I, when I look at the the analytics, I don't know how this is not uh, double digits. I have no idea. You're talking about yep. the number one efficiency team in the league in Buffalo and the number 26 efficiency team in the Titans. Yes, the Titans have gotten some crazy wins. Yes, we get that. We we got it. They got Derrick Henry. Uh, Julio Jones hadn't been in in several weeks. Uh, A.J. Brown has been dealing with injuries. Ryan Tannehill, not that great of a quarterback. The defense is not good. That defense is number 27 uh, going against the Buffalo offense, which is actually number 12 in DVOA right now. But we know that they've played better than that. The, the Bills' defense is number one against Tennessee's offense, which is number 21 in efficiency. I, five and a half is absurd, and it kind of makes me wonder if maybe there's something going on that I don't know about. Like, I, I was looking through injury reports. I don't see anything for the Bills that, like, scares me. Uh, this is I, – <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I, I just uh, – this is, looks like an easy Bills cover to me. Seems fishy, but I don't care. I don't care. The Bills are the best team in football. I do not think it is close right now. Uh, I think maybe the the the, the Bucks and and you know a couple of other teams are, are right behind them, but but they are undoubtedly number one. One team is not close to being right behind them is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Bills minus five and a half for you as well, uh, brother. We picked every game the same except for the Bears and the Packers. And that, well, that, that actually makes me feel that, like shit. Well, it actually worked out pretty well for us last week, so <laughs> it's not not too shabby. So, you know, we uh we'll, we'll make it. We'll be all right. So, I I think that we see these games a lot alike, and and that does terrify me every week that we do this. It uh, but it has happened with more uh, more regular occurrence here lately. So, let's move into the super contest picks now. And man, um. Let me go on and tell you. Last week I went four and one. I am now fifteen and ten against the spread in my super contest picks, and that's after I started Just off. Don't fire, man! I, I started off with a one and four record, 
And if it wasn't for that, uh, I would be killing it right now. <laughs> you take out that one week, and I'd be sitting at what fourteen and six. I mean, I'd be I'd be smoking it. Uh, you are thirteen, ten, and two right now. So you had the two pushes uh, that would have you know evened you up with me had they both won. Uh, but you are you went three and two last week. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off. I'll go ahead and let you let you start this thing off. So I'm starting off on Thursday night. I'm going with Tampa Bay and going up to uh, Philadelphia. Look, I know that none of those players are still there. You brought this up, but you know who is still in Philadelphia? All those piece of shit fans that <laughs> gave Tom all the hell in the world. And you know what? He's coming to exact some revenge, and he's going to do it against a mediocre football team. His football team is great. And they are going to kick their ass seven points. Ain't even close. This is going to be double-digit season. I like that one. I like that one. Uh, I am going to ride for my first pick, Vikings plus one at the Panthers. Uh, I think that the Vikings are a better team than what they've been showing here lately, and I think the Panthers are on the decline. Uh, divisional games with the Vikings and the Lions always kind of kind of difficult. It was just divisional games for the Vikings, period, are always kind of difficult. I think Vikings going on the road here, I I really like them to get this win, and I'm actually catching points here. So give me the Vikings plus one at the Panthers. I think their defense is going to show up in a big, big way uh, and not let the Panthers do anything here. Game number two All for right, My next pickup. Yep. Yeah, game number two for me, I'm going with Chargers uh, plus three. At, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Minus three at the, la, 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 the Ravens. Ravens-Chargers game is the game I'm picking. I'm picking the Ravens minus the three, damn it. Jesus, I'll get it out eventually. There, that's, I'm done. That's I don't actually, need any logic. We talked about the game. I'm done talking. We, uh, I've got the same thing. I've got the Ravens covering here. Uh, the noon kick, I think, is going to be tough. I I just think that, one, the Chargers have been through a gauntlet. Uh, but also, I just think this Ravens team is is a better overall football team. And, and Lamar, when he gets ready, like he sees a challenge here with uh, Justin Herbert coming in. I think he's going to play well. I expect this to be more than three. Uh, as a matter of fact, my number has actually got this around five. Uh, they couldn't be... stop the run against the Browns. Of course, the Browns are the best running team in football. Second best running team in football, Baltimore Ravens. So, And they won't get those calls on the road. So, Oh, no. They're, not, they're damn sure not getting those calls on the road. They might not get those calls ever again the rest of their life. Because <laughs> they were bad. They are real bad. <laughs> game uh, game number three for, for you. Game number three for me, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions plus three and a half against my Bengals, okay? And I love the Bengals. At some point in time, this Lions team, I, I watch their coach. The more I watch Dan Campbell, the more I like him. Uh, he made – so many people made fun of him for the kneecaps and all that stuff when he first got there. Listen, this guy's a football guy, okay? He's not like the most eloquent speaker in the world. This is not Morgan Freeman coaching your football team. This is a football dude, okay? So he, so he doesn't use the words you like all the time, and he and he doesn't say things in, in an elegant way, but he's super emotional. He loves his team. I think his team loves him. They don't have a lot of talent, but they've been fighting like hell in all of these games. Nobody is beating them up bad. I only took this because I got the hook and because I don't know that the Bengals field goal kickers can make a kick. This is true. Um, and also, I mean – so Joe Burrow looks like he's going to play, but a throat. Uh, I think he's going to play. I don't know what a throat contusion is, but it doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. Um, I I look at that, and I, I mean, so I'm I'm googling throat contusion. 
Uh, very rare injury diagnosis, more common following car accidents and boxing matches. Uh, well, he it, was in a car accident. That's exactly what he was in. Yeah, and so it, it, it makes sense, but it's a, a throat contusion just sounds weird. And I, I can't, I mean, it, you you Google throat contusion right now, the only stuff up there is news reports about Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, because so he's can't. the only person alive that Google knows has ever had a throat contusion. <laughs> All right, so you're taking the Lions plus three and a half. Uh Game game three for me, I'm going to take the Bills minus five and a half at the Titans on Monday night. Uh, yes, the line looks too good to be true, but this feels like it should be double digits. And and I'm going to keep riding the Bills until they give me a reason not to. This team is on fire right now. There's no reason. I mean, their defense. Like Everybody talks about Josh Allen in the offense and whatnot. Their defense against Ryan Tannehill is going to feast. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at turnovers. I'm looking at all kind of stuff. Yes, you might have some issues stopping Derrick Henry. Maybe. But I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Tennessee's a one-trick pony. Like, the Bills will be able to stop that. They've got a good enough defensive line, and their secondary, whenever Tannehill does put the ball up, like they, I think they are going to get at least a couple of takeaways here. So give me give me the Bills minus 5.5 on Monday night. Yep, that's, that's, that's my fourth pick as well. Bills. Minus five and a half on Monday. Against the Titans. All right. Game number four for me. I'm rolling Packers minus four and a half at the Bears. And it's everything that I said earlier. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to take this game personally for whatever reason. I think that they just have a way better overall team. If you take out the numbers from the first game against the Saints, this Packers team is a a top 10 team in the league and probably even better than that. Uh, This offense has been... Uh, really good lately, and even though this is on the road, uh, I I still don't like Matt Nagy. I, I don't like him, so I'm I'm gonna roll with the Packers minus uh, the four and a half. What's uh What's game five for you? Game five for me is where Sunday night football should have gone. My Cleveland Browns got the undefeated Arizona Cardinals coming in, just swinging the big dick, thinking they are unbelievable, and they are about to get slapped down by a bunch of mean, nasty dudes. <laughs> I like it. Uh, game five. You got a bunch for... of pretty boys coming to Cleveland. You got a bunch of roughnecks going to whoop their ass. I like it. I like it. I am going to ride with the Broncos minus three and a half against the Raiders. Uh, it, it might come back to bite me. They might come out and play for uh, the new interim coach. What I've, I've forgotten his name, Robert something. But the Raiders just look like a team that has, especially on Sunday against the Bears. Um, and know the Broncos. So, so I've got an opinion about this. Okay? Go, go I ahead. think it's a little scary. I almost took the Raiders today. Here's the reason why. I want to know how good is Derek Carr without John Gruden breathing down his neck? Uh, agreed. Because remember, there were years where Derek Carr was in MVP conversation. Okay? And he has played well at times. And, and I just wonder how much of his pressure and struggles have been over the past a uh, couple of years with Gruden there. Gruden's open dislike and disapproval of him. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, maybe he comes out and plays lights out. Maybe. Uh, but I, I tend to believe with that much chaos, it's going to look more like Jacksonville than it will a team that's just glad to be you know rid of their, their coach. Because I, there were times that they actually played really well for Gruden. Uh, this was, you know, expectations were being met. 
they look like they could compete for the playoffs uh, this season. And, you know, on top of that, they got uh, they got some guys out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't know. I, I'm really believing that the Broncos are going to show up, especially a divisional game at home. Uh, Raiders got to go on the road right after losing their coach. Uh, the guy's name, by the way, uh, is Rich Bisakia. And I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm he's the first right. teams coach, right? Yeah, been uh, been his twentieth season as an NFL special teams that, coach. That, that's but that's who always gets these gigs, and that's probably the best choice for all these gigs is because the special teams coach knows all the players because they're pulling offensive players and defensive players. They're the only one that has a relationship with both sides of the ball, and also it doesn't take anybody away from the offense or the defense to run the whole team. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, I do think that the Broncos are going to show up in this spot, though. I, I feel good about that. So, those are ours. Let me go through the uh, the rundown right quick. Uh, Vikings plus one, Ravens minus three, Bills minus five and a half, Packers minus four and a half, Broncos minus three and a half for me. And Chris is riding Bucks minus seven, Ravens minus three, Lions plus three and a half, Bills minus five and a half, and the Browns minus two and a half. Uh, both of us only taking one dog. That's a little frightening. A little bit frightening. But. Yeah, but it's rare for me. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But that's okay. That's okay. So you uh, let's see. You ready to get out of here? And I'll uh, I'll close out the show. Yes, sir. Dig you that. Got All right, we will. Uh, we'll talk to you again for the Friday show, my brother. There we go. All right, that is going to wrap up winning cures everything for this Wednesday. Hopefully, you have all had a wonderful, wonderful week thus far, and uh, and we're ready to get back into the NFL talk. I am uh, I am pumped for this week. I think we got some really good matchups, uh, you know, Sunday night football notwithstanding. But it is going to be a lot of fun. Of course, Friday, make sure and come back for the college football show. We're going to have a lot of discussion about uh, just everything that's going on with college football. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the undefeated teams. We've got several games lined up that won't be on the BetUS show or the SBR show. We're going to talk a lot of college football on Friday. And if anything else happens as far as... This email leak and everything else, I'm sure we'll be uh, hitting that as well. So, with that said, go ahead and remind you, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Go ahead and hit that promo code, NCAAF2021. You can use it to sign up for 125% deposit bonus, and it's up to $2,500, and it is sportsbook exclusive. Can't stress it enough. Make sure that you get signed up for that. There is a link in the description for it. So, go ahead and check that thing out. Go to winningcureseverything.com, sign up for the contest, you, you can win a free Amazon gift card, all that good stuff. Make sure and take advantage of that as well. We want to get as many people signed up as possible. At, at one point, we were having hundreds of people sign up for this contest. This is the first time in a year and a half that we've had it. Uh, really two years. It was 2019 when we last had it. Last year or last week was the first week that we did it. So we want to get you guys back in. So if you're, uh, if you're paying attention, go ahead and sign up for the contest and get your pick them in. Seven college games, three NFL games, and you can win an Amazon gift card. So go ahead and sign up for that as well. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube. And make sure to leave some comments. Leave a, a nice five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. All that good stuff. Uh, that is where the majority of our listeners are coming from. So make sure that you leave some comments for us. We would certainly appreciate that. With that said... We are going to go ahead and get out of here. Check out the BetUS College Football Show. Check out uh, Chris's SBR show. Uh, we got a lot, a lot that we're going to be discussing with college football this week. It's going to be a fun week. So with that said, 
hopefully all of you guys have a fantastic week. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we hope that all of your tickets cash in the NFL this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.